Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. A young woman is attacked during a winter storm that hits a small town near the Great Lakes. This young lady is lying there in this pool of blood. Looks like maybe a gunshot wound to her head. Will the weather provide a perfect cover for her attacker to escape? Snow was getting even heavier. They knew that they were running against the clock. Or could it give police exactly what they need to track him down? There are two sets of footprints, but only one leading away. As opposed to an impediment, the weather has served as actually assisting with the investigation. It came down to the snowstorm in solving this case. heavy snowstorm hits a few miles east of Ann Arbor, Michigan, near Lake Erie on January 12, 2009. Early January in the Great Lakes region, winter is king. Snow, freezing temperatures, wind, that's all going to be part of the climate during the winter season. This area in Michigan is quite close to the Great Lakes. They can get uh, airflow coming down from Canada. They can get impacted by lake effect snow. They can get quite severe storms in the wintertime. Around 1 a.m., just as the winter storm is in full force, police in Ypsilanti, about 10 miles east of Ann Arbor, get a distressing 911 call from a man on Congress Street in the Oakwood neighborhood. Fire emergency, what's your address? Um, I'm on Congress in Oakwood. Congress yes. in Oakwood? Yes, um, there's a lady laying here and she's bleeding. Is she conscious? Yes, she's, she's breathing heavy. Okay, is she bleeding? Bleeding, yes, yes, she's bleeding real bad. Okay, just stay with her. Okay. All right, we're on our way to you, sir. The neighborhood is near a public park called Recreation Park. And luckily, police are only two blocks away. They get to the scene quickly, knowing every minute counts. If someone has blood loss and they're lying out in the elements in the snow, if it's windy and cold, it's quite easy to get hypothermia. This is a very serious situation. Officers immediately assess the woman and confirm she's in critical need. They immediately notice that she has bleeding from the head. They think that she had been shot. She was clinging to life. She was not responsive, but still breathing. So they dispatched ambulances and emergency first responders to get to the scene as quickly as possible. Officers notice the poor woman isn't exactly dressed for the elements and try to keep her warm until the ambulance arrives. She wasn't wearing a heavy winter coat. She wasn't wearing any particular snow gear, gloves, or hats. They look for her wallet or any form of identification, but come up empty. This was a mystery. First, who is this woman? Secondly, why is she out under these conditions in a park at 1.20 in the morning during one of the worst blizzards in probably a decade in the Ypsilanti area? 
This was obviously a big concerning incident for the Ypsilanti Police Department, and they called in for all sorts of help from surrounding agencies. As more law enforcement arrives to the scene, police consider the possibilities of what might have happened. No wallet, no ID may indicate that if that person had been thrown from a vehicle, possibly whoever threw her out took her purse. If this young lady was shot, it's either a robbery that occurred, a carjacking, or maybe a drug deal that went very bad. Officers aren't sure what to think, but surprisingly, the weather gives them their first clue. The fact that she was only lightly covered with snow and it had been snowing very heavily that day. So she hadn't been laying there for a very long time. Police search the immediate area for anything that will tell them who the woman is and why she's there. There are no weapons found at the scene or drug paraphernalia. As the ambulance arrives, EMTs realize they have no time to waste and immediately take the unidentified young woman to the closest hospital. At the crime scene, officers also need to move quickly. With each falling snowflake, crucial evidence is being buried and destroyed. Time is of the essence when the investigator comes in in a situation like this. The recovery of the evidence has to take place very carefully. It's snowing and it's cold with these weather conditions. They know they have to act fast. Officers cautiously spread out and begin combing the area for clues. They know that despite the snow being difficult to work in, the winter weather can also be an ally. And they're right. There were footprints left in the snow. So as you're approaching the scene, you can see two sets of footprints. But only one set is leaving the crime scene. So they knew that two people had come in together and only one had left. And because of more snowfall, they got a deeper, more pronounced shoe print. One set of shoe prints are obviously the Jane Doe's, but the other pair could possibly be a witness or even her assailant. And the clock is ticking. That person is still out there, so you want to find that person quickly. Otherwise, as time passes, it becomes a lot more difficult. The temperatures are getting colder, and the snow is coming down heavier, so they know it really was only a matter of time before all the new snow was going to cover up evidence. So they immediately began to try to preserve those footprints as best they could by cordoning off the area, and they started to take photographic evidence at the time. Meanwhile, other officers carefully follow the shoe prints in the snow that are heading away from the crime scene into Recreation Park. They soon notice that the prints are nearly sliding into one another, which tells them one thing. They can tell that this person has been running because of the way they've been slipping and sliding. As officers continue to follow the shoe prints through the park, they discover something unexpected, almost buried in the snow. And all of a sudden, they come upon some shoes. A pair of men's blue Converse sneakers, size 10, are right in the middle of their path. With just a rough comparison, they look to be the same size and pattern as the prints they're following. The pieces are starting to come together. She was obviously walking with someone, and the person ran away very quickly. That person was running so fast that they literally ran out of their shoes. Now they can see that this person is barefoot. They can see the toe impressions in the snow. The toe prints lead police to a fence, and then they disappear. They could see that this person obviously jumped the fence. Authorities are grateful to the winter weather. The snow definitely played a huge role in helping police locate 
exactly where this person ran off to. As the snowstorm intensifies around them, officers can see the fences behind a house on Congress Street, not far from the crime scene. Police climb the fence and continue to follow the prints to the front of the house. They followed them there and then lost the footprints because there was just too many footprints to discern. There, they also notice erratic tire tread marks in the snow. Police believe whoever was behind the wheel was trying to leave and leave fast. They even jumped a curb that was clearly visible because of the fresh snow that had fallen. Officers carefully approached the residents, ready for anything. They didn't know if this suspect would still be in the home, if the suspect was armed. They had no idea exactly what they were going into. Then suddenly, a young man appears out of nowhere. He's upset, he's excited at the same time, and he says to them, I know what happened, I have information for you. Police are cautious. Could this be an innocent witness who knows the identity of the Jane Doe or the perpetrator himself? Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. As a raging snowstorm shows no signs of stopping in Ypsilanti, Michigan, police are investigating the possible shooting of a mysterious young woman. Temperatures are starting to reach around the mid-20s degrees Fahrenheit. The accumulation of snow was about nine inches on the ground. This is a very difficult crime scene for the investigators.
Emergency technicians have rushed the Jane Doe, who appears to have been shot in the head, to the nearest hospital, while Ypsilanti police continue to battle the elements, looking for clues. Doing an investigation under those circumstances, you must be focused. You try to stay warm as best you can. You want to do everything you can to find out what's going on. So far, police have found shoe prints in the snow entering the crime scene with the victim before running away. And remarkably, a pair of size 10 blue Converse sneakers along the same path. The shoes were significant to them because they clearly belonged to someone that had been involved or at least was at the crime scene at the time of the attack and literally ran out of his shoes because he was trying to flee the scene so quickly. At this point, they're seeing toe prints in the snow, meaning that this person is now barefoot. Even though this is a difficult situation, the snow in this case has actually given them their first big lead. The weather helped them understand the scope of the crime scene, and the weather helped them find a trail. The prints in the snow have led officers to a house on Congress Street, just a few blocks from the crime scene. Police were very cautious, guns drawn. They had no idea exactly. They were going into this situation completely blindfolded. But just as they're about to approach the house, a young man walks up to them. The officers notice he's not barefoot, but are prepared to apprehend him anyway, thinking he may be involved in the attack on the Jane Doe. He says, look, my name is Zach. My girlfriend is out here. She, she ran out. I don't know where she is. I don't know what's going on. He actually lived at the home where the police followed the footprints to, his home on Congress Street. He was actually a resident there with his girlfriend. Zach tells police that he's 18 years old and has been dating his girlfriend, Ellie, for two years. He says she's a senior in high school, and he's been staying with her at her mom's house right there on Congress Street. Zach tells officers that Ellie, just moments before, ran out into the blizzard, and he was looking for her. He says she ran off looking for a friend. He's worried somewhat that, you know, she's not there. Police notice he seems nervous and agitated. Zach says he thinks Ellie was headed for Recreation Park. Police tell him they found an injured woman there who's been taken to the hospital and ask Zach to recount the events from that night. Zach says he was watching late night TV with Ellie until she went to bed. Then just before 11 p.m., his friend Dominic Oyurende came to the house. He says Dominic has also been staying there. We were kind of just like part of the same friend group. He was always just a real cool guy. Managed to look cool while doing literally nothing that the cool kids were doing. Dominic was the life of the party, always down for adventure, you know, and people definitely wanted to be around him. But Zach says on this night, Dominic was not himself. Dominic showed up at Zach's house really agitated, claiming that his cell phone had been stolen. Dominic told Zach he was in Ann Arbor, about 10 miles away, when someone took his phone. So he got on the bus and came back to Ypsilanti. He asked to borrow Zach's phone so he could call his girlfriend, Anna List. Zach tells police that Anna was another mutual friend of his and Ellie's. Anna was really pretty and wicked funny. I mean, like, if you said or did something dumb, you were going to hear it from her. Anna was a senior in high school who lived in Ann Arbor and one of the few in their group with access to a car. 
he called Anna so that she could come get him in order to take him back to Ann Arbor to get the phone back from whoever it was that had stolen it from him. But Anna had a big test in the morning, and Zach tells police that the two spent some time just arguing on the phone until Anna finally gave in. Zach tells police that just after midnight, Anna showed up in her parents' minivan. He says he looked out the window and saw Dominic meet her outside and get into the passenger seat of her minivan. And he also told police that he saw that they were arguing. They were in an argument inside of her van. Choosing not to get involved, Zach tells officers that he went back to watch TV. And then all of a sudden, he heard two car doors slam. He says he peered out the window again and watched Dominic and Anna start to walk toward the road. He returned to the couch and was trying to decide if he should intervene or wake up his girlfriend. That's when he said he heard more commotion outside. So he runs back to the window to see. Zach said he saw the van drive off in a hurry, but couldn't be positive who was driving. He knew this was really odd, so he went upstairs where his girlfriend had been asleep to let her know something's up. Ellie, he tells officers, immediately jumped out of bed and ran out to go look for them. But he had to put his shoes and jacket on first. Then he ran out to look for them himself. That's when he saw the police. Officers hope they're getting closer to the truth, but they aren't so sure about Zach or his story. The police, they don't know exactly what to make of him. He was pretty excited at the time. He's a little odd very anxious to share information with the police. I think the way he offered up that information, it was almost like he was trying to get in there first and control the narrative. Police need more information before they can just believe his story. Authorities have to wonder if any of this is true. Could it be Ellie or Anna who was attacked? Could it be Dominic or could it be Zach who did it? And it could have just been a random act of violence. The investigators just don't know. Will the weather continue to help investigators? and lead them to the truth. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After a woman appears to be shot in the head during a winter storm, Ypsilanti police are still trying to figure out her identity. Snow is still falling, so now snow amounts are starting to reach about a foot. But the weather in this case helped investigators determine where the perpetrator may have come from. A pair of shoe prints in the snow have led police to a house on Congress Street and a man named Zach who is looking for his girlfriend, Deli. But after listening to his story about his friends, Dominico Urende and Anna List, police are unsure of what to make of him. Suddenly, a car pulls up to the residence. A woman gets out of the driver's side and approaches police. She tells them her name is Michelle. She says, hey, I live here, and she's concerned. She sees all these police. They're outside her home. Zach tells police that Michelle is Ellie's mother, so they ask her if she's seen her daughter. She tells them Ellie is actually sitting right there in the car. They had pulled up together. Just then, Ellie gets out of the passenger side of Michelle's car and runs over. So now the police, they realize it's not Zach's girlfriend that they found lying in the snow. Michelle says she and Ellie were out looking for Dominic and Anna. Michelle gives police a description of Anna, while Zach describes what she was wearing. And her clothing is identical to the victims. At that point, then, they were pretty sure that Anna was the Jane Doe. Since Zach said someone drove off with Anna's van and there's no sign of Dominic, police reach out to other agencies. They give a description of Dominic. They give a description of the van. And because of the winter weather keeping most people off the roads, a minivan driving down the street shouldn't be too hard to find. When the snow is coming down pretty heavily, the temperatures are cold, the wind is up, you're not going to find many people that are outside. Police also send off the sneakers they found in the snow to the lab for DNA testing. But it may take a while. A lot of the evidence had to be dried by air before it could be processed for important things like fingerprints, DNA, hair samples, and even blood. Meanwhile, police question Ellie, and her story seems to match Zach's. She says after he woke her, she asked her mom to drive her around to look for her friends because of the weather. But Ellie does mention something about Zach that gets the officer's attention. Even though he had been in a house all evening, his hands were cold, like he was outside. When it's quite cold out, all of the blood goes to your organs to try and keep your body alive, so your extremities start to freeze. Yet Zach never mentioned going outside to the police, and they wonder why. Whether he's trying to distance himself or was more intricately involved than he cared to admit. So they bring him down to the station for further questioning. He wasn't under arrest, but it was clear they were going to vet his story. But police know there's only one way to find out what really happened, and that's to speak with Anna List. Anna arrived at the hospital in an extremely grave condition. She was fighting for her life. 
Anna Marie List was born January 28, 1991 in Hong Kong. As a young child, her parents moved her and her two siblings to Ann Arbor, Michigan. By the age of 17, she stood out as an unusually bright high school senior with a natural talent in music. She played the violin, very talented violinist, very smart, straight A student. She really seemed to be somebody that was on her way to do great things. In the summer of 2008, Anna was tutoring students when she met her first boyfriend, 20-year-old Dominic Oyurende. Oftentimes, they say opposites attract. Well, this was definitely one of those situations. Dominic grew up in the city of Detroit, about 40 miles from Ann Arbor, and had a tough start in life. His parents died when he was very young. He was bounced around to foster homes, and he'd been abused in a couple of them. Since turning 18, Dominic continued to move around, couch surfing from one friend to another. But despite his rough upbringing, he was a magnet for fun. Everyone loved him. He was very loud, boisterous, loved excitement. Everyone wanted to be around him. Desperate to turn his life around, Dominic moved to Ypsilanti to be close to the college town of Ann Arbor. Dominic was looking for a better life, hoping to do something better. He enrolls in a GED program. That's when he met Anna, and the two fell for each other almost instantly. He was just different from anything that Anna had experienced in her life. I think there was something with them that just clicked. But that was before Anna was discovered seven months later with a possible gunshot wound to the head in a terrible snowstorm. Hopefully, she's able to recover from these injuries and tell us what really happened. While the teenager clings to life, authorities learn about Anna's true injuries and that sometimes the weather isn't always on their side. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued 
by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Temperatures are rising, but hovering in the 30s. The snow has now stopped. Visibility is at an all-time high. So the investigators are hoping that this is going to help in their investigation. Ypsilanti detectives have two suspects in the brutal attack of teenager Annalise, her missing boyfriend, Dominic Oyurende, and his best friend, Zach. Authorities are hoping Anna will be able to tell them what happened, but unfortunately, they'll have to wait a while longer. Anna's injuries were so severe that she was placed in a medical-induced coma and underwent surgery right away. They were able to stop the bleeding. It will be days before she wakes up, if she wakes up at all, as Anna only has a 50% chance of surviving. But her injuries, physicians tell police, were not caused by a close-range gunshot like they originally thought. The snow had actually made it difficult for the officers to see clearly. Because you have restricted visibility, they actually misinterpret the wounds. They found that it was blunt force trauma. She suffered a cracked skull at the top of her head, as well as a severe injury at the back of her head. So with that information, police were then able to change the focus of their investigation from a potential shooting to something else. And they were now focused on looking for another type of weapon, not a gun. They also know the likelihood that Anna knew her attacker just increased. Blunt force trauma is a personal, passion-motivated attack. Investigators immediately go back to the scene to search for any type of blunt object but the weather is playing against them now. Snow is a very good insulator, so it can make it quite difficult to find evidence. And the police are still waiting on the pair of men's size 10 blue Converse sneakers to be processed for DNA. The evidence has to be dried first and then tested for DNA. So in this case, initially the snow, which helped, begins to hinder the investigation. And so far, police have not been able to find Anna's boyfriend, Dominic, or her minivan. All authorities have to go off of is a story from Dominic's friend, Zach, who police are questioning again. So as the police are looking for Dominic, now they have Zach. He's there at the police station. They're still talking to him. And he sticks with his story. He tells the police Dominic was acting very strange. He was very upset about someone stealing his cell phone. He says after Anna arrived, she and Dominic argued, walked off into the snowstorm, and then someone sped off in Anna's van. But his girlfriend Ellie told police that when Zach woke her up, his hands were like ice, as if he'd been outside. They're concerned about whether he had been outside or not. So they asked Zach, 
but he's consistent with his statement. I have not been outside. And his nervous behavior continues to give them pause. I think he just had a really weird affect. Zach was prone to kind of quick flashes of annoyance and anger, like out of nowhere. And then he would try to laugh it off. The police were wondering, maybe he's just trying to provide some kind of alibi or whatever the case may be, maybe pin it on someone else. Zach was friends with Dominic. And there's the possibility that Zach doesn't want to see Dominic get in trouble. So he may have lied a little bit about certain things. Or could both men be involved? Investigators place Zach and Dominic high on their list of suspects and hope for a shred of forensic evidence. Meanwhile, they manage to track down many of Dominic and Anna's friends who say they haven't seen him. And although they admit he has a troubled past, they can't believe Dominic would ever hurt Anna. I know that Dominic loved Anna because of the way he talked about her. He couldn't have done something like that. And when police ask about the kind of footwear Dominic would typically wear, they describe worn down, scribbled, covered sneakers. It's an odd description, considering the pair of size 10 blue sneakers police recovered in the snow looked almost brand new. That same morning, after being informed of the tragic events, Anna's parents arrive at the hospital to be with their daughter, who is still in a medically induced coma. Her dad speaks with the officers and tells them he's not surprised to hear Anna snuck out to see Dominic. Recently, her behavior has grown increasingly rebellious. They told police they were concerned about Anna's change in behavior regarding their relationship. He tells them about a month earlier. Anna called him and said the windshield of the minivan was shattered. At first, she didn't want to admit what had happened, but then decided to come clean and reluctantly told her father that her boyfriend was the one responsible. Anna didn't want Dominic to get in trouble over it. Dominic and Anna were in an argument, and I'm pretty sure that Anna tried to leave. Anna was clearly trying to end the relationship at that point and said that she was going to move on. He became so enraged that he threw a brick through her windshield. Anna was still in the driver's seat. Luckily, she wasn't injured. That obviously concerned her parents to the point where they insisted that police be called. Her father made her file a police report and get a restraining order. And his father obviously took it a lot more seriously than Anna did, and he's the one that called the cops. And I think when the police showed up, they basically told her, like, you have to make a statement. Anna being kind of naive and, you know, sheltered, gave them Dominic's name. Dominic was actually a wanted individual. Police had a warrant for his arrest when he threw that brick through the car window. But Anna's father says police had not caught Dominic yet, and the incident didn't stop him and Anna from continuing their relationship. They obviously continued to see each other, though, on the lowdown when they weren't supposed to be. Evidence against Dominic seems to be mounting, even if it's only circumstantial. But Zach isn't out of the woods yet. Was he telling the truth? Did he know a little bit more about it, what occurred, or was he possibly involved? Later that day, Ypsilanti investigators finally get the call they've been waiting for. Officers in Detroit have located Dominic on the road in Anna's minivan. 
he's placed under arrest for carjacking, while technicians scour the minivan for evidence. Dominic is then transported to the Ypsilanti police station. But when questioned, he admits that he stole Anna's van. He tells them that he understands why they arrested him, because he was in possession of Anna's car. There's no mention of the assault, and there's no mention of any attack. Then he doesn't talk. He doesn't want to talk to them any further. He wants a lawyer. They didn't have a murder weapon. They didn't have a statement from Dominic. They still had a significant hole in their case that they needed to fill. And police have no idea how Zach might fit into all of this. Police are desperate for a single piece of forensic evidence to tie either man to the assault on Anna. And they're about to get it. We have a phenomenon in January that they actually call January thaw. As the snow begins to dissipate and temperatures start to rise, the weather is about to crack this case wide open. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The storm has moved through. It's still very cold, hovering around 14 degrees, and there's still snow on the ground. Despite the cold temperatures, the investigation into the horrific attack of teenager Anna List is about to heat up with Dominic Oyurende in custody for carjacking and Anna's family van returned. Forensic technicians continue to inspect the vehicle. They're hoping to find blood or a blunt object that will tell them whether Dominic or his friend Zach are involved in Anna's assault. Although they understood it was no longer a gun, that they were looking for some sort of blunt object that was used, they really had no idea what it could have been. Even though the evidence they have against Dominic is circumstantial, police decide to charge him with intent to murder, assault with intent to do great bodily harm, and assault with a dangerous weapon. 
but they still have a lot of work ahead of them if they're going to prove it. Meanwhile, every passing minute, Anna's family and friends suffer as they watch her life slowly slip away. It almost felt like a movie. You know, like this can't possibly have happened. Anna never regained consciousness, and she was never able to verbally or physically show or demonstrate to officers who might have done this to her. Sadly, after one week on a ventilator, the gifted musician who had her whole life ahead of her dies from traumatic brain injury. Her death is ruled a homicide, and police charged Dominic with her murder. Police knew that they were dealing with an assault. Once Anna died, those charges were obviously up to first-degree murder. The medical examiner performs an autopsy and finds that the fractures at the center of her forehead and the back of her skull are consistent with being hit with something similar to a hammer. And it would have taken a full swing of the hammer to cause such damaging injuries. Either of the two blows would have led to eventual death. And when evidence technicians conclude the examination of the minivan, police are disappointed when they find nothing to help their case. The only thing inside is an assortment of tools scattered around the rear cargo area of the van. But after they return it to Anna's father, he confirms they're all his. Anna's father used to carry anything from hammers to pliers, what you might find in a typical toolbox. However, he notices there's one thing missing, his large claw hammer. Once Anna's father reported to the police that he could not find the hammer and was able to provide a description of what the hammer looked like, they knew potentially this could be their murder weapon. Although the weather has in some ways helped the investigation and in other ways hindered it, it's about to give authorities a big break in the case. In this area, they have something called January thaw, and it doesn't always occur. But in this case, temperatures warming, and now it's above freezing. With temperatures rising, detectives decide to revisit the crime scene. Police return to Recreation Park after there had been a pretty significant thaw. They always believed that if the murder weapon was to be found, it could be in that same location. Police retraced the path of the perpetrator from the crime scene. The conditions change, and now the snow is melted. And after the snow is melted, of course, we see other evidence that is uncovered. And behind the house on Congress Street, where they believe the assailant jumped the fence, an officer spots something just barely visible in the grass. The thaw revealed a hammer. The um, snow actually provided a blanket, and it preserved the hammer. By the weather breaking, warming up, it actually aided the police. Had this been any other time of year, there were a number of factors that uh, could have prevented police from finding the hammer. They send the tool to the crime lab for DNA testing. The investigators, they could see blood spatter on the hammer, and then the cold temperatures would freeze the blood on the hammer. And in some cases, fingerprints can be preserved by the cold as well. If the traces of blood on the hammer belong to Anna, then they'll have found the murder weapon. And if either Dominic or Zach's fingerprints or DNA are on it, they'll also have found their killer. The technology is so sophisticated now at the lab that many things can be discovered, even after a significant period of time. 
While police wait for DNA testing on the hammer and the sneakers found at the scene, they work on confirming that the hammer is in fact from the List van. Luckily, Anna's father still has the receipt from when he bought it. Police were able to prove that that was the hammer, in fact, that he bought. Finally, the Michigan State Crime Lab returns test results for both the hammer and shoes collected. They learned that it's analyst blood that was on that particular hammer. So they definitively know now that this was the weapon that was used to murder her. But unfortunately, there's no other traces of DNA on the hammer, and the weather has destroyed any forensic evidence on the shoes. The cold temperatures and the snow preserved the blood evidence, but then the warming temperatures, precipitation washed away the DNA evidence. With nothing solid against Zach, police decide to dismiss him as a person of interest in Anna's murder. They figure his strange behavior might have something to do with his loyalty to Dominic. He may not want to be seen as the person who fingers a friend that he saw do it, or maybe not even want to go so far as to say that he actually saw what happened. And his cold hands might not have had anything to do with him being outside. His hands may feel cold. Different individuals have different body temperatures. What's cold to me may not be cold to you. It could be as simple as that. Despite having only circumstantial evidence, prosecutors plan on taking Dominic to trial. But will it be enough to convince a jury? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When teenager Anna List was attacked on a cold January night in 2009, the winter storm that had covered Ypsilanti, Michigan, ultimately became the best tool in the investigation. The weather conditions were crucial in preserving the footprints and determining where the assailant was fleeing. It also helped them determine where he left his shoes, and ultimately the warming temperatures also revealed the murder weapon. Prosecutors have decided there's enough evidence to take Anna's boyfriend, Dominic Oyurende, to trial for her murder. They had the van, and they also had uh, the evidence that they were able to collect. They produced witness statements, and they had evidence of a prior violent incident where he threw that brick through a car window. On March 8, 2010, more than a year after Anna List's tragic and untimely death, 
Dominic goes to trial. The prosecution's case really rested on Dominic Garrinde having a violent temper and having this type of controlling domestic relationship with Anna. Just weeks before the attack, they say Anna started to realize there was another side to Dominic. He demanded that she be at his beck and call. If he needed a ride, if he needed to be picked up, that's what was going to happen. And that if it wasn't going to happen, that he was going to get upset. She was as intelligent and sophisticated as she was. She was cognizant of the defendant's controlling behavior. After dating for seven months, Anna wanted out. And that's when Dominic threw a brick at her while she was in the minivan. The violence in the relationship clearly had escalated to where Anna's physical safety was in question. So she was starting to distance herself from him. Prosecutors say that on the night Dominic showed up at Zach's house, angry over someone stealing his cell phone, he called Anna, expecting her to help him as usual. Anna said, you know, Dominic, I want to help you. I can't drive you to Ann Arbor right now. We can't go hunting for this phone. After he begged her, Anna finally gave in. And by the time she got there, Dominic was livid. He met her outside and proceeded to berate her until she couldn't take it any longer. Anna possibly told Dominic that, look, this is over. I can't deal with this anymore. She gets out of the van. I suggest to you that the defendant wouldn't get out of the van, so she had no choice because she wasn't going to drive anywhere with him. Anna took off toward the park, and that's when authorities suspect Dominic, in a blind rage, grabbed a hammer and ran after her. He saw that she didn't want anything to do with him anymore. She was beginning to get her life back on track and leave him. I mean, he wasn't having that. He's armed with a hammer. No, you're going to give me the keys. No, Dominic, I'm not. We're done. We're history. I'm gone. Leave me alone. That's when the prosecution says Dominic raised the hammer and swung hard, hitting Anna on the back of the head. So the prosecutor says that she falls to the ground and then as she's facing him, he hits her again in her forehead, ultimately um, cracking her skull. While Anna lay dying in the snow, Dominic stole her car keys. Prosecutors believe that Dominic fled so fast, he ran out of his shoes and dropped the hammer as he climbed the fence, giving prosecutors their most crucial pieces of evidence against him before he drove off in Anna's van. The defense, however, argues there's still not enough evidence to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. I think initially the defense attorneys wanted to paint a picture of a sympathetic Dominic Oyerinde. This was someone that didn't have a privileged upbringing, that had a lot of uh, personal challenges in his life. It's not quite as clear as the prosecutor would like the court to make it uh, sound in this attempt to demonize Dominic Oyerinde. No one witnessed any alleged assault on analysts on January 13, 2009. After five days, with 20 witnesses called to testify, on March 12, 2010, Dominic Oyurende is found guilty of felony murder and carjacking. He is sentenced to life in prison without parole. True to her spirit and final wishes, Anna List's family donated her organs to help save others. And that's part of Anna List's legacy moving forward. 
You had a young woman on the verge of achieving great things with her life, all this promise and potential, and she was robbed of it way too early. In the case of Anna List, a winter storm originally an obstacle to the investigation eventually proved vital in revealing her killer. The weather plays a role in our lives every day, and every time you go outside, you're experiencing it, a different combination of weather. The crime scene's no different. The weather was critical at preserving key pieces of evidence. Without it, Dominic might have gone free. 